You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeremy Shear. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a digital agency that helps you create a month's worth of premium content in just 60 minutes. Now, something I've realized recently is that I've turned into kind of an old fogey. And one way that I know that is that I just use the term old fogey, which only old fogies use. But what I mean is that I'm old enough to look at younger generations below me that have come after me, and I'm just kind of mystified. It was all I could do to get my head around millennials. Like, what, what are they all about? When here comes the next generation, Gen Z, and that's a whole different thing. And these people are, are ready to take over. Now, I have two kids, both Gen Z, so I have some clue. I know that they're very much online. They spend a ton of time on social media, mostly on their phones. And, you know, other things like when I was growing up, the existential threat was nuclear war with the Soviet Union. And that's gone. Gen Z, their existential threat is climate change, right? And stuff like that. And so, and, you know, a lot of Gen Zers, at least in the West, aren't so sure about like capitalism and, and stuff like that. The list goes on and on. All I know is that any kind of marketer, including a B2B marketer for our purposes, you're going to need to understand Gen Z pretty well and what motivates them because before too long, and frankly, probably already, at least in some ways, these folks are in the workforce. More and more of them are coming, and just in a few short years, they're going to be in positions of power and making buying decisions. So you really need, we need to understand what motivates them. And that's what my guest is here today to help us understand. Ian Baer is the founder and chief soothsayer of Sooth, which is a company, a marketing platform and consultancy that helps brands better understand how their prospects and customers make buying decisions. So Ian, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Jeremy, and, and thank, thanks for that introduction. Yeah, as the parent of multiple Gen Zers myself, I share your journey, my friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, it, it's, it's a very interesting journey. So I want to just get right to the heart of it right away, and, and then sure. we'll back up and give a little bit, of a con- little bit of context. But just starting right off, what is the number one thing, if you had to pick just one thing, that B2B marketers need to know right now about Gen Z and how they make buying decisions? I would say it's that they are not who you think they are, friends. Um, you know, there is such a temptation to see Gen Z as a not serious generation. And, and I've seen a number of references. I just saw an article yesterday that somebody published on LinkedIn who set up that Gen Z is saving money by moving back in with their parents and just fueling this, you know, spontaneous lifestyle. The fact is, so many of the things they're doing is because they're a much more prudent generation Mm. than anyone gives them credit for and way more prudent than millennials were. So I, I think so there's so much confusion and people have carried that FOMO impression over from millennials to to Gen Z. That's not how Gen Zs live in their life. So I, I think the number one thing people need to understand is they're actually quite a serious generation, but they're wired very differently. And it's because of the world they grew up in, which is nothing like what any of us know that, yes, they're looking at their phones all the time because you know what? Their parents handed them phones to play with when they were three. 
Mm-hmm. That's their native upbringing. That's how they learn. That's how they socialize. That's how they connect. They're not ignoring you when they're looking at their phones. That's their form of connecting to the world. Again, as a parent of Gen Z, it's, it sure seems like my kids are ignoring me most of the time. But, <laughs> but the thing is, I, I don't think it, I, I'm not sure it's the phones. I think they'd ignore me anyway, whether it was the phones <laughs> or, or not the phones. But, you know, yeah. I got to say, like, so in other words, there's a lot of stereotypes floating around out there about Gen Z, just like there are stereotypes yes. about every generation. And, Absolutely. You know, and, and, and m- many of them derogatory. Right. Like they don't care. They're just they're distracted by their phones all the time. There's a there's at least some truth to that. Right. But you're and by saying- the way, history shows us every youngest generation as they progressed into adulthood, going back to boomers. Yeah. We're seen in that same way right. by older generations until they matured and, and grew into their own yeah. version of adulthood. Right. That's so true. Every young generation, they're frivolous. They're not serious. They don't know hardship and what real work is and all that stuff. Right. Those are young all men, you turn off that music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You're going to buy that magazine. Get off my lawn. Right. All that, all that kind of stuff. So. So, yep. well, let's put this in a marketing context. OK, so if I'm head, head of marketing at a, you know, some B2B SaaS company or whatever, and I'm like, OK, folks, mm-hmm. Gen Z. Who, who are these people? And more and more and more, we're selling to them. They're making these buying decisions strategically and tactically. What do I need to be thinking about? Like you've already said that a lot of what we might assume we know is probably wrong or it's too, it's too shallow. But again, right. tactically from a specifically a marketing perspective, what am I instructing my team? Like what kind of strategies are we beginning to formulate? Well, The fact that they grew up interacting with content as a means of education, entertainment, then as they started to have some money in their pockets, they translated that over to commerce. They are content first Mm. shoppers and decision makers. So when they begin a buying process, it's usually triggered by something they've seen or read or experienced through content that then draws them in. They're not starting on that search for, think about it in a B2B context, I need a better data service provider. They're more likely to be inspired by a story or a piece of video or an article or an infographic that sparks something in their mind to say, I need a different point of view on data. I need to connect with people either behind this content, people who espouse similar things, but it's experience first, it's content first, and it's very creator driven. And the same way creator driven commerce is impacting them as consumers, now that Gen Z is graduating into the workplace, right? The oldest Gen Zers are in their mid 20s, Yeah. 21% of Gen Z is making a six figure income right now. Hmm. They skew much higher than previous generations for entrepreneurship and for accumulating savings and wealth. So these are very money minded, serious individuals, but they get there in different ways. And if you're still thinking through a lens of demand generation, you're probably not going to connect with a Gen Z decision maker. It's really about inspiring them, 
not telling them what they want and telling them what they need. They're not going to respond to that. Okay. So, so let's give, give me a specific example, like a specific use case. Again, I'm a, I'm a content marketer at a database company or whatever. Sure. And I'm like, we're, we're doing account-based marketing and I do some research and I'm like, okay, we, we have these accounts and I can tell these are like younger people. We need to appeal to them. And like, what do I not want to do? And specifically, what should my campaign look like? And you've already said, well, it's content driven. Okay, fine. We're already producing tons of content and stuff, but sure. how do we need to refine that specifically for the Gen Z audience? Well, they're also very emotionally driven in the decisions they make. And I, and I want to be clear, I'm not saying emotionally driven as in they're irrational or they're focused on the wrong thing. It, it's that they are looking for inspiration. They are looking for things that make them feel confident. They are looking for things that make them feel smart. And, and they're not necessarily just going to take to facts and figures. And, and the reality is facts, figures, features, benefits, that's become the language of marketing and especially B2B marketing. You know, so many brands trying to out-benefit, out-feature, out-bullet point each other. And you're not going to get through to them with overwhelming numerical fact-based bullet points. They want compelling stories in which they can see themselves or their future selves. And then they want to emulate the things that they see in that content. So if I'm doing B2B marketing for a, well, look, I am doing B2B marketing for an insights company. And some of the clients certainly that I've been speaking to have Gen Z decision makers. Mm -hmm. And the way we get there, there, there's a reason that I am so driven right now by story focused video content to explain what we do. First of all, we know people retain things that they hear in the form of a story anywhere mm -hmm. from 10 to 30 times more than just mm -hmm. a bunch of facts and figures. But these are people who were actually raised to only learn through experiential storytelling. So okay. the, the old collateral approach is not gonna resonate with them. They're, they're just not box checkers. You know, I feel like everything you're saying applies also to somebody like me. You know, I'm an, an old fogey Gen Xer. So I, I wonder how confined this is to just Gen Z. I, I mean, I think in a way in our digital online age, it really that that applies to just about any decision maker these days. You know, maybe there's a yeah. cutoff, like if you get like people like who've been around for 50 years or something. But you know what I mean? Like, and because I'm, I'm on LinkedIn a lot and there's a lot of discussion amongst the marketers that I follow about like, no, you can't do it can't be product led anymore. It can't just be like, hey, we just rolled out a new uh, features, bells, whistles. No one gives a shit about you, your right. product. Tell me a story, make it about me, appeal to my emotions, all that stuff. So like I'm, I'm steeped in that every single day and I get it and I'm far removed from Gen Z. Is it even more so for Gen Z or something like it's, that? It's almost exclusively so for Gen, for, for Gen Z and that's the difference. We learn in a lot of different ways. You know, one thing is uh, the work we do at Suits, sometimes I feel like, like Professor X to take a, a comic book analogy, like you look a little uh, bit like just got an ability to see so many behavioral patterns and the, the behavioral patterns 
among the generations and the way they, they influence each other. It's really kind of fascinating because before millennials, I'm Gen X too. We learned how the world worked from the older generations. We learned how the world worked from our parents. We took our lessons and, and we set our course based on the things we watched and heard from older generations. Millennials were the first ones to reverse that trend because technology became such a driving factor for how everything gets done. Suddenly, Gen X was looking to millennials to tell them how to do certain things. And once that tide flipped, it, Gen Z is doing it to an even greater extent. They're really paving the way for millennials, for Gen X, even for boomers to do things differently. We saw during the pandemic, a lot of the digital behaviors that boomers had to adapt to survive during the pandemic, where they were uncomfortable with things like e-commerce, where they would never think about buying a car they didn't test drive. Yeah. You know, who coached them through all that? Gen Z. It, w it was their high school aged grandchild showing them how the world works now. So the way that that pattern of influence has shifted is important to note. And when we look at Gen Z now moving into not only the business decision-making world, but really in the next 10 years, they're gonna take it over. They, they represent an outsized portion of our economy over the next eight to 10 years. They only know how to learn that way. And they're only interested in learning that way. And, and it's all got to be, yes, it, it's a story in which they see a heroic opportunity for themselves by identifying with the hero of the story. And, and the hero is rarely going to be a product. It's going to be somebody who is succeeding, living the kind of life that person would like to see themselves living. It's not that different from the way they shop for experiences in social media right now. They see it. That's why we're seeing TikTok have such sudden outsized influence in the B2B space, because that's how they've been conditioned to learn in, in 30 and 60 second bites that get them to look at the world differently and inspire them to deep dive and learn more. They need that's to be inspired. They can't just be sold. That's that's a fascinating insight. I think what, what you said just a moment ago about right for older generations like ours, Gen X or like boomers, right? You, you looked to your parents and older generations as like, how do I make my way in the world? Right. And as you're saying, that's to, to at least a large degree kind of flipped. It's like and largely driven yeah. by, hey, if you're a digital native, the world has changed so radically that if you look backwards, it's like, well, that just doesn't apply anymore or, or it doesn't apply enough to give me everything I need. I need to look to our, to my peers in Gen Z and we're charting this, this new brave path or whatever you want to call it in this digital world. Absolutely. And, and the other thing is, look, we all learn to respect our elders and, and I'm not saying Gen Z does not. Yeah. But in Gen Z and even younger millennials, you know, they're looking at their parents and grandparents as not quite as perfect as we may have seen our mm. parents and grandparents. They look at the world they've inherited. And to an extent, they're looking at choices that were made by baby boomers and Gen X that have left them with a, a world they find very troubling. 
they they do have a tendency to find the overwhelming reign of capitalism very troubling. The the lack of responsibility for environmental impact that most businesses have shown, they find that very troubling. They are very driven by their values and they're a lot less trusting of institutions. We were raised to go get a steady job and hope somebody employs you for 30 years so you get a pension and retire. They don't think that way. The goal is not retirement. The goal is not building up the nest eggs so you can go you know, spend your life fishing someday. Their goal is, is more and more business ownership. Uh, Gen Z is far more entrepreneurial. Uh, again, this is something we also see in the younger millennial cohorts. And it's because of that lack of trust of institutions that they feel let down their ancestors. You know, there was so much talk that millennials were, were going to save the world. And then millennials turned out to be a lot like the rest of us in the end. Gen Z is probably our last best hope to save this world. I'm chuckling because, again, I'm thinking about my own kids. And I'm like, if that's the case, we're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My kids are great. And in fact, they are very entrepreneurial. They, they even have their own little business and all that. So I hear you. Yeah. Most working professionals in Gen Z do have a side hustle. Yeah. And right. as employers, we may not love that, but that's also part of the reality we live in. And, and it's because they yeah. don't pin their hopes on any one job or career yeah. or, you know, they're about diversifying their lives and building their own future and building a world that they actually want to live in. Yeah. It'll be really fascinating to see as the decades go on. And then there's... Gen, I mean, what's the next generation going to be? We reached the end of the alphabet, you know, Gen uh, no, it's, AA. It's Gen Alpha. I don't know. They, they Gen started Alpha. over. Okay. At, at one point, there was a lot of, of embracing of calling them pioneers until mm. people were, well, what exactly are they pioneering? They're, you know, inheriting yeah. inheriting thousands of years of, of progress, and now they're the pioneers. So uh, Gen Alpha, though, is they do sort of see themselves as as rebooting the world. And of course, they're mm. teenagers. It, it's very hard yeah. now to track what they will look like as adults. But so far mm -hmm. in the early stages, we're seeing that them as a more extreme version of, of Gen Z. And, and ironically, more extreme means less radical and, and mm. more practical. They are very practical. They really care a lot about the future more than previous generations did. They they don't have this invulnerable, hell bent, uh, selfish take on the world. Uh, they're much more communitarian, despite the fact that they've actually been raised to socialize with everyone and everything through a handheld device. Yeah, it's fascinating. We're kind of veering into like sociological territory here, which I, and, and believe me, I could, yeah. you know, spend the the whole day talking about it. I just want to ask you one final question and, and maybe we'll Please. do another one of these because there's so much more to talk about, but yeah. how can people connect with you to continue the conversation? Please check out the work we're doing uh, on LinkedIn or our website is sooth be told. So S O O T be told B E T O L D.com. We're putting a lot of thought leadership content out there right now. We're actually very focused on Gen Z and the way they are driving so much change because, you know, the entire world has changed and marketing really hasn't. 
And, and we think Gen Z will be the ones in a lot of ways to carry forward this smarter, more emotionally driven approach to, to how brands go to market. Super interesting. Well, Ian, thank you so much for, for joining me on the show. This was a great conversation and, you, you know, I'd, I'd love to continue it, you know, so, so yeah. we'll, we can, we can talk about, you know, having part two. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you very much. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.